0: Welcome to the show. This is Cousin Vinny, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. And today is Everything Real Estate. Well, I'm adding to the last portion of what we talked about, uh, the early years in, in 1980, 81, 82 in Gainesville, ending with our late night number two nightclub. Now, in between all of this, I still was active as a real estate sales associate with a Century 21 office in Gainesville and uh, ended up getting my broker's license in 1980 and also got married in 1980. So we had a house in Gainesville. My former wife uh, was working in Ocala and she really didn't want to make the commute from Gainesville to Ocala every day. So we ended up moving to McIntosh. And if you're familiar with 441, it's kind of like halfway between Gainesville and Ocala. So we moved to the little town of McIntosh, opened up a branch office of Century 21 in McIntosh. And uh, at that time, I was pretty much pulled away from the nightclubs and my brother was doing all that stuff. So I was getting married and and my focus was back on my real estate career. So we had the new office in McIntosh, We had rented a little apartment in McIntosh, and we go to the other house on weekends still, and um, hired a couple of agents that were working with me in that office, and it went really well, and because of the space that we were living in, there was a little mobile home park across the street from us that was for sale, and guess what? I bought a mobile home park, Uh, owner-financed, no money down got paid a commission. The listing agent didn't get paid a commission because they didn't read the contract. The little mobile home park was throwing off some pretty decent cash flow. I mean, it was 13 units on an acre of land. Think about that, 13 units. Our um, primary tenants were the highlight players um, because they would winter in that part of Florida because that's where they would do their training for high highlight. If you've never been, it's an interesting sport. So we rented out units to them wouldn't a condition with management that when they moved out, they would come in and rehab them because they would crap out the units so bad. So I was able to get my units rehabbed over the period of time that I owned it. And it was a little nice little, you know, cash cow. I had a swimming pool, typical little mobile home park from the 1970s, you know, old antiquated mobile homes. Had the real estate office and got my license. And lo and behold, um, uh, to this day, I, I am so sorry to her. For the things that I put her through, um, she was not ready for the family dynamics. There was, you know, a little bit of conflict within the family, uh, and I, I am deeply sorry for her um, agony and pain that I, I, I caused her. And it wasn't deliberate; it was just the way it was. Uh, you know, we we had a pretty good relationship. Uh, we talked about divorce uh, we discussed it. It was not hostile. It was not a, you know, a nasty one. It was just like, okay, we're done. And we got divorced. And that was the end of it then. And in the interim of that, I, um, had gone to a real estate exchange meeting, real estate exchanges where I got some of my education in real estate. And there was a 1971 red Corvette that someone was wanting to trade. So I traded 40 lots in New Mexico that I got on another trade, a little bit of cash, and some bad appraised gems. So I ended up with a Corvette. <clears throat> well, prior to the divorce, she wasn't really too keen on the Corvette because she couldn't push the clutch. So we sold uh, the Corvette and got it one of those Econo-line hippie vans. So that was pretty much the end of my Time in Gainesville, McIntosh in 82, after we got divorced, sold the little mobile home park, moved back to Crystal River for a brief period of time back in 83 and said, geez, I I just need to make a big change. And this is where the change in real estate occurred for me, the pivotal years of my real estate career. And this has to do with everything I've ever done in real estate to this point was all family oriented. So a friend of mine had a house in Newport Ritchie. Uh, Let me share a room with him in the house for a while. I was uh, a real estate broker and a real estate instructor. At that time, I had gotten my instructor's license at the same time when I got my brokers in 1980. A friend of mine had a real estate school in Newport Ritchie. So I was doing some classes for him at his school. I was a substitute instructor, plus I was doing my real estate practice uh, still from Crystal River. So I moved everything then to Newport Ritchie to teach, and then I started looking for a place to open up a real estate office, and I said, I want to be in Pinellas County because I wanted to be in the heart of all of the dynamics of the Tampa Bay area. So I moved my real estate school and my real estate brokerage license to Tarpon Springs, uh, Klosterman road is the exact road. The building is still there. It was called Connell square. I went in, made a deal with the landlord. He was building a new plaza. And I said, I'd like to put my real estate school here, my real estate brokerage here. So I was, uh, there was a brand new restaurant coming in called the branding iron next to that was a, a, um, a video store back when you had videos and I put my real estate school in. So I started teaching real estate classes there in 83 and had my real estate brokerage up and that's where a buyer's broker really took its stand with me that was the beginning of me with a presence as an exclusive buyer's agent was about 83 i was doing some of it prior to that <clears throat> but that's when i took the stance that i would no longer have anything to do with listings i have been a purist since 1983 my fiduciary has always been and will always be with the buyer so Buyers Broker Real Estate was started. Florida Real Estate University was started there in Connell Square. I'm teaching classes. And in one of my episodes about Did You Know That?, I had a young man, well, he wasn't really young at the time, came into my class and signed up for a class. And he was from the UK. And his name was Peter Arendelle. And if you recall, I mentioned something about that. Um, James Garner was in Italy, came in and said, happy birthday to me. And then a a year later in 1966, he made a movie about Peter Arendelle as a race car driver in the UK, but it was an American driver. They kind of, you know, fluff up the story like they do in high in Hollywood, but it was about Peter who became my partner in my real estate office that we then moved to Clearwater to the ICOT Center, the Summit Building. And that was the beginning of our expansion into the Tampa Bay area, was in 84, 85, to the Summit Building where Peter was now my partner. He was very disciplined, very, very, very disciplined man. Kept me on track, kept me focused. And we started marketing the company, and I'm going to spend a lot of time on this as we go further on corporate relocation we were doing, our marketing campaign was to companies. Why? Because they reload people. And someone says, well, you're going to give away your secrets. There's no secret. They are buyers who are coming into an area because they've been made a job offer. I will tell you why a lot of real estate agents don't want to take the time. It's not a quick sale. These are reloads that occur when a company needs certain talent. The company will do something. They'll try to recruit from within or then they'll go outside. And the problem is a lot of agents who were doing these corporate reloads were trying to sell homes when that particular transferee was made an offer to come look, to just come look to see if they wanted to live there. And all they did, and this is what I got to feedback from Human Resources, they're trying to sell them a house and they haven't even taken the offer yet. My focus from the very beginning in doing corporate reload was to sell you on the community first. There's no reason to make you move here if one of the spouses doesn't want to be here. So I would go through and try to answer all their questions, give them information, guide them to the information that would help them make that informed decision so that if they did take the reload, guess what? They're going to be happy here. And guess what? Human resource is going to be happy because they have a happy employee and they didn't spend $40,000 moving someone here that wasn't going to stay here. Or they took the move saying, well, I'm going to quit in two years or whatever. Well, that's not the way we operate So from that point on, my focus was on the fiduciary responsibilities that I had to the buyer, the client, the buyer. And then human resource department started sending me, you know, sending me potential transferees. And I'm going to get into some of those in the next episode about real estate and relocation and how this year, 2010, I'm going back to my roots from 1985 because the market, and, and someone said, well, you're telling all your secrets. Now, the market's been untapped. I know real estate agents, they're friggin' lazy they want an easy sale. They don't want to take the time and energy to develop and build relationships on the long term. And I'll get into some of those people who uh, I met along the way that will just blow you away. So the office is open. Peter's now my my uh, money man. He he kept me on track, man. Peter was notorious. He had me on a budget, gave me a couple of bucks a week, and you know here this is all you're gonna live on. So we opened up the buyer's broker. Office, and I was approached by a group of guys from uh Bradenton. I'm teaching a class, some guys came into the classroom in suits. And when someone comes into a class in suits, I'm thinking, Oh gosh, I'm investigated, somebody here to you know investigate me. So I said, I'll get with you as soon as we have a break. So the class took a break. I went up, introduced myself. They said, we'd like to meet with you. We'd like to sit in for a while. They told me that they were from Bradenton. One was a real estate broker and one was an investor. And they had heard about me as a buyer's agent and that I was the only one at that time that was really in a real estate instructor also that was licensed in the state of Florida as a real estate instructor and also practiced buyer agency exclusively. So we uh, sat down, had a meeting. And we had a meeting of the minds that I would come on as their trainer for all the new buyer agents that they were going to bring into their system. And it was called Buyer's Realty Services of Florida. So we ended up opening our first office in Bradenton in about 86, 88, something. I got these dates and these numbers, someplace in the early, mid 80s, late 80s, I'm sorry. I should go better and, and look at my notes. I mean, I've got all of it. Documentation on. So we ended up being uh, open in Bradenton, opening up an office in in the Bradenton area. And they asked me the profile of, of the agents that we should be recruiting. I said, I want people who want to serve, not sell. I don't need closers. I need people who will listen, who will sit there and take everything the buyer tells in their wants and needs and say, okay, this is something that we can achieve. This is not something that we can't achieve. I mean, we need to really be hard and fast with them, and, and really do the interview process so that they understand the realities of buying a home, and their expectations are not let down because we oversold. Because we didn't sell, we served. Once you told us that you were ready to buy, there's no more selling. The only sale that occurred was when you decided to hire me as your agent. We're done. I don't sell you a thing. I don't try to close you on a thing, and that was hardest thing to do with the agents that I was training in Bradenton. They wanted to close, close, close. Why couldn't we close them now on this deal? Well, they're not here yet. They haven't been made a legitimate offer yet. Or they've got a trailing spouse. Or they've got to sell their home. Or, or, or. And the agents didn't want to hear that. They wanted to close on someone who could close today. I did that for about six months. I got frustrated with the, the caliber of the agents that were coming through. And I said, you know what? I'm going back to Clearwater and I'm done. I opened up one of their offices under their franchise. And lo and behold, six months later, they were gone. And I'm still here today because they had the partner. The other partner was a sales guy. He was a car salesman. He wanted to close the deal today. And he just couldn't get it through his head. His name was Hal or Harold. And Bud Green was the owner of the company from Bradenton. He just couldn't get it through his head that this is not a sales process. It's a serving process. So, you know, 1985, 86, 87, 88, Buyer's Realty got started. Again, I was training in Bradenton, got frustrated with the, the, the fact that these agents just couldn't get it. So I went back to Clearwater, said, look, give me a franchise. I'll, I'll, I'll use your brand, Buyer's Realty. They, we had developed all the contracts and forms and brochures and all that happy horse shit. That was a waste of money. I told him we don't need all this crap. This is not a traditional real estate company. The thing that we are selling is loyalty, period, fiduciary. And you're going to hear this from now on from me throughout every single episode. And we're going to get into some really deep shit (laughs) in the the later 80s and early 90s that I was involved with that are going to blow your freaking socks off. So being a buyer's agent, uh... It's the only thing that I know, and it's the only thing I will ever do. So stay tuned. More coming in the next few episodes on the Cousin Vinny Network and everything real estate.